Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, 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 welcome. That's the voice of Ryan Treasure, the VP of Broadcast Operations and my good friend of Voice America. Thank you, Ryan. Welcome. This is AKA Radio Red here with four. We got a bonus tonight. Four really, truly fascinating, committed, dedicated, creative people. And that's why they're here to talk to me about their creativity. Today is August 2nd. Where is the year going? We thought we'd never get out of 2020. And now, bingo, we're in August of 2021. I don't know. We're not going to talk about what's going on in the news. Just to let you all know, this is the 214th day of the Gregorian calendar. Thank you to Greg, Gregory, Greggy, whatever his mother called him. We like your calendar. And it's 150 days left in 2021. So if you want to have anything really interesting to drink on New Year's Eve to 2022, buy it, put it in a still, make it in the garage, make it in the bathtub, make it behind the house, go buy it online and in person, but go get you something interesting to drink because it's going to disappear soon. And this is the 30th Monday in 2021. And I'm the only one who cares about that. Let me tell you who my very special guests are. And by the, by the way, guests, before I introduce you, I have a special special task we do every week. On the count of three, I want you all to join me in saying, hello, LLL. You ready? Everybody nod. You ready, Eliza? Here we go. One, two, three. Hello. She has a doctor's appointment. She's not listening live, but she's going to listen later. So LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, a friend I met dancing, and she is our most loyal listener. We're still taking up the fictitious GoFundMe fund to help move her to London because she lives in Whitestone, New York, which isn't as sexy as London. So we need lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in London. Anyway, that's another story. So now let's get to my guests. Let me tell you who they are. And for Facebook, you're all going to please wave when I introduce you, and then we'll go around the table and have you add to what I have. So brief, brief bios. Eliza Harkins, you can wave hello. Eliza is the founder and CEO of a very interesting company called Kipit, K-I-P-I-T, Tech. You can also go to Kipit, K-I-P-I-T.co. They use a scanner and RFID tags, and she'll explain this later, to turn a regular handbag or bag into a smart bag. And she'll tell us why she created this. She also launched something called Mori, M-O-R-I, a website app. This is a little more serious for creating and sharing your living will with your loved ones. Eliza, say hello for a minute here and just give us a little more background on yourself. I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Hi, thank you so much uh, for having me on. Um, I just, I guess I'm something of an inventor, which feels odd to say. Um, but I like creating products that solve problems in my own life. And then that tends to have ramifications for other people. So, uh, Kip it came about cause I'm very forgetful. And I thought to myself, why doesn't my phone tell me when I'm about to forget something? Um, so I created Kip it off of that. Well, very, very interesting. We're going to talk more about your creative idea and why you felt this was important and and where this came from. Usually yeah. necessity is the mother of invention, maybe the sister, the brother, the father, the doctor, the priest, the rabbi. I don't know, but it's something. somewhere, something, somebody in there. Yes. And let's go to our couple today. We have two for the price of one here, Jonathan Schroeder and Janet Borg. Am I saying Borgerson correctly, Janet? 
There you go. They have been collecting vinyl records. Everybody who's a an audiophile records for 25 years. I think it's even more than that. They've been together. They're called themselves a creative team. That's why I invited them. They co-authored the book Designed for Hi-Fi Living. There she goes. She's got it up. The vinyl LP in mid-century America. And this book was designated by the Financial Times as a best book of 2017. Congratulations on that. Their new book, Designed for Dancing. I think designed is an important word to them. Designed for Dancing. And there's the cover. Not out yet. That's beautiful. Hold it so we don't get quite so much glare. There you go. Um, That's it. Good. Designed for Dancing, How Mid-Century Records Taught America to Dance. It'll be published in October this year. I bet you're very excited. Janet and Jonathan, why don't you speak for a couple minutes and tell us about why vinyl? Go ahead. Vinyl has always had covers that caught my attention. My dad brought me Rubber Soul, and I remember staring at the four Beatles and just crushing out on their hairdos. and, And I just have ever since looked very carefully when I was picking up a record album. Jonathan? Well, we've been writing a lot together and we started thinking about vinyl record albums and covers and started doing some papers and talks and that's what people liked. (laughs) It was our greatest hit. So we realized (laughs) we should get more serious about it and we started writing books and we try to tell stories about America and about identity through the albums and especially we're really into the album cover art. I, I was very thrilled. I have your book and thank you for that. I have the ebook and I'm looking, I was looking away because I'm looking at my other screen and I remember some of those records. I still have about a hundred vinyls from all kinds of, I'll say walks of music, walks of yeah. life. And I'm looking at informally yours stereo with three couples relaxing at home. And it says hi-fi Decca records. I bet Margaret, I'm going to introduce next, might remember Decca records. Yes. Well, Eliza, you might be a little young for that. And it's by <laughs> Carmen Cavallero or Cavallero, Yaro. And I remember some albums like that that my my parents used to go. We have so much to talk about. I was so excited when I, I haven't met anybody who collects records and I have some stories to tell you about where I found vinyl on Long Island, New York about 10 years ago. Shocking, surprising. And where I almost bought a radio station that had a collection of vinyl that went back about 50 years as part of the property. Oh, you have no idea. Anyway, uh, that, those were the days. So thank you and welcome. Margaret Combs is with us. Margaret, I'm so happy to have you. Margaret owned Uh, What a career she's had. She owned a global marketing communications company, which we call Marcoms today. Then she moved into the cable television industry. She became the leader of a big enterprise. And then she was recruited to become the president and COO, chief operating officer of CTAM. That's the cable industry, cable TV industries development organization. She now focuses on helping veterans with PTSD to get past it, get over it with therapy. She serves on the board of directors of Gratitude America, a Florida-based veterans treatment program. And her latest book is The Journey from Hope to Healing, focusing on living and coping with PTSD. Very important work. Margaret Combs, I'm very honored to have you. Your work is so important. Would you please spend a couple minutes telling us more about your background? Welcome, Margaret. I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, I would like to say that my whole career was planned but that wouldn't be true. I was one of these people who uh, something came up and I'd try it. A door opens and I'll walk through it. And if it's interesting, I'll stay there. If it's not, I'll turn around and go somewhere else. Well, I walked through a lot of interesting doors, met a lot of wonderful people, got to live a lot of neat places, uh, got to work in Chile and in other 
interesting and different places and uh, decided to retire at uh, a rather advanced stage, um, just about the time that a young friend who was a military physician took his own life. And that changed mine because there was something else I needed to do. And that's what I've been doing for the last four years, studying, reading, researching, interviewing, everything I could to learn anything I could about this issue, how it happens, what can make it good, what, what can make it better, and, and then writing fiction about it, what I call fact-based fiction, because the facts are all basically true, but to try to get people to see it in a different light and understand that it can be a part of living. So that's, that's my long career in a nutshell. Thank you. And Margaret, would you say you've been, you said when the door opens and in, in my case with my career, it's, I, I saw the window was open about a quarter of an inch and I just hoisted it up or I kicked the door in. I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't wait for doors to open. I just said, Hey, I want to do this. And people let me do it. I don't know how. Anyway, would you say, let's go around the table. Margaret, I'll start with you. Creativity. Do you wake up and you say, I'm Margaret Combs. I'm a creative person. Look at all the things I've done, the doors I have helped to open for myself, places I've lived, people's I've, people I've met. Do you say that about yourself? I'm a creative person. What's, what's your take on it? Just briefly. No, I say I'm a creative person. What's next? Oh, very because good. John, go, go ahead. I want to see Jonathan and just reacted to that. Jonathan, how do you know you're a creative person or do you think that way? I, I begin to think that way more and more. You know, I think I think it's a matter of following my own interest, but matching that with, you know, professional output and doing something other than just talking about my interest in vinyl, trying to write books about it. Interesting. Janet, what's your take on creativity? What does it mean to you? Or does is it part of your everyday life? I think it's really part of my everyday life, but I don't often stop to think, oh, this is being creative. I think creative writing was a way I thought, mm -hmm. oh, that's creative. But once I actually started to do this kind of writing, I don't think I thought of it that way anymore. But anything that opens up opportunities and helps me solve mysteries and ask more questions, that to me feels really creative, feels creative. I like that. Eliza Harkins, creativity, part of your life every day. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, I have a bit of a strange morning ritual where I have a short list of everything that I want to be or I think I am, I guess. And then every day I try to do actions that prove that to me every day so that I can look yeah. back and be like, today I was a learner or today I had whatever. And one of them is to create value. So I think I think of creativity, but I think of it sort of outward facing, you know, create value for others or for my company or what have you. And then at the end of the day, I can take things off and I can be like, oh, I am these things. Like, look, I've proved that I am. So, so it's like daily goal setting instead of just affirmations. I am wonderful. I am here because I am me and I am enough in the world. Yeah. The world. It's, it's what you want to be. <laughs> it, do you ever want to be something silly? Like I want to be a ballet dancer today and I'm going to learn to do a pas de deux or something. Like, I think it's more like qualities that I want to achieve. And then the actions can take on a wide variety of things to achieve that. I think I tried the affirmations uh, and then the problem was anytime I was feeling low, I was like, well, how can I call myself creative? I can't think of a single idea. Um, whereas like 
almost like when you, you know, when you get physically fit and you check off on your calendar, like I worked out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. I sort of do that, but with just like general qualities that I aspire to be. So like, if I want to be someone who's always teachable, then like every day I think to myself like, oh, I should like read something about that or I should listen to someone's advice who's trying to give me a different perspective. Um, So it can take on a variety of actions. Interesting. um, So like feed into my reinforce my own self-perception. <laughs> Thank you. That's very interesting. I've never heard it put quite that way. What I'd like to do next is I've asked all of you to please fill out what I call a jot form. It's a little online questionnaire or deliverables, everything in one place, your bio, your photo. And I've asked you all to send me your favorite quote. And I want to explore a little bit about what your favorite quote is and what it means to you and if you can relate it to creativity. And then we'll get to a couple of your creative statements. We have some fun things about famous birthdays today and not so famous people getting birthdays, at least to me. And we have some national holidays. So let's do these. Uh, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with you, Jonathan, because your your quote was very, very interesting. This is from a movie or a TV character or a song. And Jonathan has picked a line from Chubby Checker, 1961. Chubby Checker was born Ernest Evans, October 3rd, 41, American rock and roll singer and dancer. If you're a very young listener, never heard of him. Widely known for popularizing many dance styles, including the twist with his 1960 hit cover of Hank Ballard in the Midnight Midnighters R&B song, The Twist and the Pony Dance Style with the 1961 cover of the song, It's Pony Time. So here's the quote that he has selected, Jonathan. And I just want you to take about a minute or two to tell us what this has to do with creativity, because I love the book. Let's twist again like we did last summer. I can't resist that because I lived through that era. Jonathan, <laughs> uh, Mar- Margaret, you, you can appreciate I couldn't resist it. Yeah. And my, my band is playing twist. Uh, my band is doing a Motown night. The band I'm in in my community, we're doing a Motown night. We have twist. Twist and Shout, which we just replaced with Proud Mary, but we haven't done Twist again. So Jonathan, I'm going to put you and and, uh, Janet on full speaker view. Just take a couple minutes and tell us why you picked this quote and what does it have to do with creativity? I love that quote. Every time I hear that song and when he begins to sing that chorus, it just brings back such nostalgic memories. I mean, of, of dancing, but also just the way he kind of captures that idea that let's try to do something that we did last summer, last year, when we had so much fun. And we all realized that's kind of hard to do. It's hard to replicate that. And I think when I think about the twist, it was one of the first dances that in in the 20th century where men and women could dance separately. The women didn't have to follow the men. You could do what you want. You could express yourself. You know, there was a few basic twist movements but other than that, you could kind of dance on your own. And so I think that dance in particular really led to some creative dancing and, and just kind of thinking about dancing as individual expression, not always a couple, not always following the guy. We used to call that freestyle. And I have to tell you, I laugh because whenever we play the twist at any of our performances here, our concerts, I always say we we've got ambulances standing by because it's an over 55 crowd yeah. over 65 some 70 and i say it with love you know i'm i'm part of the over 55 crowd more than that i'm not admitting here but anyway we say this is a geriatric twist don't hurt yourself yeah. and everybody gets our twist again anyway it's it's very funny thank you for that jonathan appreciate that margaret i'm going to you next you picked a quote from andrew lloyd weber's musical aspects of love from 1989 and this song was composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. I won't give, get into everything, but it was sung in the musical by the character Alex Dillingham, originally played 
by Michael Ball in the London and Broadway cast. And this is the most mm-hmm. well-known song from that. And in it, a young, a young Englishman named Alex is love struck by a French actress named Rose. And here is the beautiful quote. Margaret, take about two minutes as well to explain this. Eliza, you'll be next and then Janet. So here is the quote Margaret selected. Love changes everything, how you live and how you die. Love can make the summer fly or seem like a lifetime. Oh, I got chills. Margaret, rescue me. How'd you pick this one? Uh, well, I was in London with my husband and uh, a friend of mine was going to be married. And she said, would you pick up the music to Love Changes Everything for me while you're in London? Because it hadn't made it to New York or the U.S. yet. And I said, oh, sure. Well, we got tickets because it was playing in London. And we spent a whole day searching for the music for her wedding, uh, only to find that they were selling it at the theater. But it became, it kind of became a song for a group of us because it spoke about my husband and I married fairly late and it spoke about our love story and it changed everything. And my best friend and her husband, again, a late marriage, and changed everything. So it kind of it kind of spoke to the four of us about how different our lives would be in our second iteration of a love story. Beautiful. And and what do you see in terms of linking that to creativity, the creation of a second time around love? Well, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Andrew Lloyd Webber and his music. And, and music is my love in life and always has been. But he was able to create ways of saying things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that that's true. Love changes everything. But nobody thought to really say it before. That's creativity to find the right words to me. Thank you. Thank you. Beautifully put. Eliza Harkins, I'm going to. You've picked a quote from Cloud Atlas, a 2012 epic science fiction sci-fi film written and directed by the Wachowskis and Tom Twyker, adapted from the novel of the same name by David Mitchell. It has multiple plots occurring during six different eras. And Mitchell described it as a sort of pointillistic mosaic. It starred Tom Hanks, Halle Berry, Jim Broadbent in an ensemble cast. It's one of the most expensive independent films ever produced. I don't know if you know that. Yes. So here here is the scene. And the scene is uh, the actor, the character is Haskell Moore, Adam's father-in-law, played by Hugo Weaving. And he says, no matter what you do, it will never amount to anything more than a single drop in a limitless ocean and Adam Ewing played by Jim Sturgis answers. And here's the quote, Eliza picked, what is an ocean, but a multitude of drops. I'm getting chills from that one too. Eliza, help me out here. What's, what is our take on creativity with this one? It's beautiful. Go ahead. Yeah. I just, um, I think that, you know, there's always the quote of like creativity is like one, 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Uh, which to me was intimidating. I think anytime you see like a big project before you, it feels like too much, you know, creating a product in my case, but in other cases, you know, becoming an expert drummer or something, it it feels so big, Um, but you can chink away at it with small actions all the time, every day. And 
um, each time you do that as a creative solution to something like, oh, you can't rehearse today in the mornings. Well, you'll cook something quick and then you switch it to the evenings. Like even breaking your way through barriers takes creativity. It's not just the thing you're creating. It's how you're going to do it that becomes creative. Very well put. Thank you. It's a beautiful quote. I'm going to remember that. And Janet, here we go. Janet has picked a quote attributed to Lizzie, played by Jennifer Ailey. I think her name is E-H-L-E, in Pride and Prejudice. Now, Pride and Prejudice is a six-episode 1995 British TV drama adapted by Andrew Davies from Jane Austen's 1813 novel. There's creativity for you. Jennifer Ailey and Colin Firth starred as Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy. Now, here's interesting. I don't know if you know this, but Janet probably does. The role of Mr. Darcy elevated Colin Firth to stardom. A scene showing him in a wet shirt. (laughs) A wet shirt. Colin Firth, I'm saying it three times, in a wet shirt. Margaret, you can hold back now. Was (laughs) recognized as one of the most unforgettable moments in British television history. I didn't even know that. And interesting. I I could see, Eliza. And the series inspired author Helen Fielding to write the Bridget Jones novel. Talk about inspiration and creativity. And their screen adaptations feature Colin Firth as Bridget's love interest, Mark Darcy. There you go. So here is the quote. I have a whole scene here, but it's interesting. Here's what Janet has picked from this wonderful scene. But in such cases as these, a good memory is unpardonable. Janet, sorry for the lousy accent. I don't know who I was imitating there. So go ahead, Janet, rescue me, please. Go ahead. I I love the fact that Lizzie is being funny with her sister, but she's being completely serious as well, because she has said how much she finds Mr. Darcy distasteful. And yet now she's claiming that she's in love with him and she's going to possibly marry him. And so for me, I love that idea that sometimes you've got to let go of things that that really did happen, that you really know, that you really were invested in and that you committed yourself to. And yet at a certain point, you have to say, hmm, yeah, I'm not going to really carry that memory forward with me. I'm going to let that go. There you go. Thank you very much. And I have a question for Janet and Jonathan before we move on to famous birthdays and national holidays. And then we'll go back into your more of your creativity statements. Uh, Janet and Jonathan, when you sent me your bio, you said we are a creative team. We write together. We are writing books together. We're researching together. I thought that was interesting. Usually we think of creative teams as um, Bob and Sylvia wrote a song together and here they are, the creative team of, and and you're just, you're too very interesting people and your creative team. So when did you decide, I'm just pulling this in a direction. I'm not sure where I'm going, but when did you decide to say we're a creative team? Was it just for my show or do you present yourself that way all the time? Because I liked it. We present ourselves that way. I think we feel we live together. We've been together a long time. We've known each other since we were kids and we've always pushed each other, whether it's to do more dancing, to read books that we haven't read individually. And I think we ended up feeling like we do work as a team. Well, we had to make a conscious decision that we wanted to write these books together. I mean, we've got, we write other things on our own, um, but now it's going to be about a 10 year project. And yeah, both of our names are on it. We, we go over every sentence, you know, we kind of get in some arguments occasionally. And I, I must tell people that I try to always distract Janet when the Pride and Prejudice miniseries comes on and that famous <laughs> scene, I try to, you know, find something to take her attention away or something <laughs> important call. But no, I think we, we've really had to try to decide that we wanted to work together. 
I, I appreciate that. I have some other people. For, I, I met these wonderful people, by the way, for my audience's benefit at the virtual National Publicity Summit run by Bradley Communications, Steve Harrison, and his wonderful crew of people who put these together. And I met you all there. And and I like to say, um, I like to say when I asking people if they want to come on my show and they're they're pitching to me, I say creativity is not because on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have oatmeal and Tuesday and Thursday, you have uh, Captain Crunch. That's not cre- it's, it's just I have different stuff in the house for breakfast. It goes a little deeper than that. But I appreciate the creative team. I have a, a father and son who co-wrote a book on college admissions. And I, the only reason I invited them because my show is not about that market. I invited them is because they co-wrote the book. Now I'm finding out that one did the research behind the scenes and the other did the writing, but I still want to talk to them about that process of coordinating, collaborating creatively on a project where you have to say, oh, I didn't like, Jonathan, did you really write, really, Janet, you want me to change that word? And that must be- What happened to my phrase? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. See, see, there's a whole, there's a whole way of approaching keeping a relationship going insane and still liking each other when the book is out. So I appreciate that. Uh, I have a quick story for the two of you, and then we're going to go to national holidays. When I was on Long Island, I was selling, I was in between jobs and I was selling a lot of stuff on eBay. And I think vinyl was just starting to get popular. I was selling not really antiques, but, but stuff that was interesting to me. And somebody told me that there was a church on That was New Hyde Park Road. It was what Jericho Turnpike, I think it was, if you know where it is on Long Island. And they said, go to this church and there's a side door to the church. I'm not a church person. I'm a synagogue person. But there happened to be this church on this main street and there was plenty of parking. And I went in and you open the side door and you are in a side building attached to the church and maybe the religious school. And in it were tables and tables and tables with hundreds of vinyl going back to the box sets. of classical stuff where it was 10 records. Eliza, you're probably way too young. In paper sleeves inside of a box. I think I bought a couple of them. It turns out it was very hard to sell on eBay. There weren't, (laughs) the vinyl revolution hadn't come full circle yet and people weren't buying, but I did buy some, but I went in there and my eyes were wide as sauce. I usually buy glassware or something I could, uh, something that's sturdy, uh, not like little China cups, but I, I just, I felt like I had discovered a new world. Yeah. It was unbelievable. The other story is that I was part of a, a, a couple of people who were going to buy a very, very old and not doing well financially radio station on Long Island. And they owned property. And this was, they had a tower. It turns out when you buy a radio station, any kind of property, you need to have the EPA come and investigate what's under the ground and any remediation for any any bad things that happened underground, the new owners have to pay for that remediation. It was going to be massive. We didn't know what were they going to find, but it was a couple of acres, but there was a building. And in one of the, I was going to probably live there a couple of days a week. I was going to host a morning show. It was going to be a blast. So didn't go through with it. We, did, we didn't even make a bid because it just was too massive. But there was one of the buildings had office space and the office space had a, an anteroom that was Janet and Jonathan tables and tables of record collections of the people who had owned the radio station oh. for years. Oh they were so broke. They were borrowing money from each other's mother-in-laws and brother-in-laws. They oh. couldn't keep it afloat, but I got to tell you that I would have taken, they would have been including that in the sale. I'm talking vintage, every genre, every era of music. And it was, 
it was unbelievable. If I'd have known oh. you then, I know I would have probably won 25 years ago. So there, I'm thinking of you. Okay, kids, let's move this party along. I want you all to say hello to Josh, my engineer. He's a one name wonder. Everybody say on the count of three, one, two, three. Hello, Josh. One, two, three. Hello, Hello Josh. Josh. See, you've been properly recognized, Josh. Don't say we don't love you. Okay. Today's birthdays, I couldn't find that many. And if you, I tell you, here's a secret to all of you. If you're ever looking for birthdays or things that happened in history, put just the date into your browser, Google, whatever you're using. And Wikipedia will come up with that date. It will tell you everybody who has ever been known to live on that date, to die on that date, famous holidays, world, everything, world events. It's the list is massive. I couldn't find too many people I recognize. So August 2nd must have not been a very popular birthday, but we do have actress Victoria Jackson. We have Cynthia Stevenson, another actress, and we have Mary Lou's part, Lou Parker. However, I found a singer, songwriter, guitarist named Joe Lynn Turner. If anybody's into, I th- bless you. I think country music, but I found a drummer. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Eliza, you okay? There, we've never Sorry, had anybody. That's, li- that's li- live sneezing. There we go. I hope you're okay. Uh, you don't have to wear a mask. We're on Zoom. Now, there's one person who has a birthday today, 1955. His name is Butch Vig, V-I-G, maybe Vig. And he is an American drummer, songwriter, and record producer. And because I'm a drummer, a new one, but a drummer. Three years. I always recognize drummers in the list. So happy birthday to Butch. Everybody say happy birthday, Butch. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Butch. There you go. We, we, we don't know who you are, but congratulations. Now, I also have a list of interesting names of people who are in different kinds of arts. I have some YouTube stars, some singers, dancers, TikTok, Instagram, even a wrestler. Let me read these because their names were interesting to me. Janet knows I gave you a little preview before. Beast Eater, 23. Dancer, happy birthday. Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-X-C-X. What is that in Roman numerals? 10, X-C-X. What is that? X-C would be 90, 90, right? That's 90. And there's an X after it. So it's 100. X-C-X is 100. So Charlie X-C-S, I know. Pop singer, 28. Then we have Penguin Z-0. Penguins Zero is a YouTube star, 26 years old. We have Saucy Austin, a guy, 21 TikTok star. We have Flying Kitty, 21 YouTube, don't go there, 21 YouTube. We have Terry Reloaded at 19 as a TikTok star. We have Choice Brown, C-H-O-Y-C-E Brown, 19, an Instagram star. And finishing up with a wrestler at age 35, the oldest one in the group. And his name is Famous B, the letter B. Now, I was going to take that name, but he took it first. <laughs> there you go. I got uh... it. Okay, let's do some holidays here. Here we go. Today, Monday, August 2nd is National Coloring Book Day. I know they started publishing, somebody did the past couple of years, adult coloring books. No, they're not porn. They're not X-rated, but they have intricate designs where you color into, you can make them frameable. So has anybody bought any of those grown up? I'll say grown up. You have. Janet, what's your experience with them? What is it like? Are they fun? It, it, it's frustrating because a lot of times there'll be individual objects and it'll be for like a city like Paris. So there'll be a whole page of pastries and then you have to decide every single pastry, each little individual color. It's very complex. So I, I end up doing one or two things per page and moving on. So I, it's complicated. Very detailed. I, very detailed. I didn't know that. Margaret, have you ever tried grown up coloring books? I haven't, but it sounds like fun. Interesting, if not fun. Eliza, what about you? I have to look for them. Um, I have tried it. You know, it's something I think I always need to be doing something with my hands, fidgeting, even if I'm just watching television. So it's a nice thing to just 
keep there me occupied. <laughs> I play words with friends if the TV oh, show yeah, is boring, and I go to sleep with 47 games of words with friends. I'm playing with about 11 people, a total of 47 games, and that's that's too, that's too many. Oh, oh no, it's wonderful <laughs> because if I get to bed, I finished work, and I watch TV for an hour, and I'm tired, and it's one o'clock in the morning, and I'm not ready for sleep. I have my big iPad, put it on my tummy on a pillow, and I when I drop the iPad flat on 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 the bed, I know I'm really ready for sleep. So I do as many games as I can. And it just takes the rest of the energy, just pulls it out. And I learned a lot of new words as well. So yeah. there you go. I do so, love crossword there puzzles. So. There you go. Words with friends is really cool. If anybody wants to find me, I, I think I'm AK Radio Red. Don't all come at once. And now let's go to, it's also ice cream sandwich day. Anybody remember wonderful little chocolate, the chocolate cookie with the vanilla? Margaret, do you like ice cream sandwiches as much as I do? Oh, I do. I do. And from the time I was a little girl, the ice cream truck would come around and and he'd have ice cream sandwiches. And we love. Yes. I remember we had something called Good Humor ice cream trucks. Does anybody remember the Good Humor man? Johnny was our favorite Good Humor man on our corner. Eliza, where did you grow up? What what city or country? Uh, Well, I grew up in in London and then New York, which is where I am now. Um, Okay, where in New York? Um, I'm on the Upper East Side now. Okay. Do they have ice cream trucks? I know it's come back in the past few years. They have those softy trucks, but my problem with ice cream sandwiches (sighs) is that the ice cream is usually vanilla and I'm a staunch chocoholic. My interest in dessert sharply declines if chocolate (laughs) even isn't like a little bit involved. It needs to be like chocolate with chocolate chips and sprinkles. So as soon as you try to add in vanilla or yeah. some other flavor, I'm like, mm, I well, don't know about that. <laughs> you, you maybe, I don't know if you get this brand. We get this brand down here in North Carolina. It's Turkey Hill ice cream. And they came oh, up yeah. with a new flavor. It's called Triopolitan, like, like Neapolitan, oh, Nia, okay. Trio. And it's three different columns of different levels of chocolate. One is just like a milk chocolate. One is a dark chocolate. And one has little tiny chocolate chips all in the same carton. Oh, well, that's dangerous. Creo pollen, and, and it's creamy and it's delicious. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but I heard. So we'll just, okay, we'll just okay. leave that alone. Okay, you there you go. happen to know. Yeah, I just yeah, happen yeah. to know. So here, the first ice cream sandwich, the original one, apparently, rumor has it, sold for one penny. Whoop, one penny, one cent. In 1900 from a push cart in the Bowery area of New York City. So there you go, oh. lower, lower East Side. Let's go to tomorrow, August 3rd. It's National Grab Some Nuts. Day. I don't know if we want to go there. I, I do keep a can of <laughs> cashews. Margaret, Margaret, just because you I'm saw Colin Firth good. with his, just because you saw Colin Firth with a wet shirt. Let's not go there. <laughs> this is not an adult show. It's National Night Out. My community Hold used on. to do that, but since COVID, I don't think we're doing that. It's Watermelon Day. Is anybody buy the seedless watermelons? You no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. yeah, you no. do? Go, go I ahead. do, yeah. Janet, why don't you like the seedless watermelon? I I like the seeds. I like the space around the seeds. It's got a slightly different texture. It's a little sweeter right there. And spitting them is kind of half the fun. (laughs) I have never heard that ever, (laughs) ever, ever. Janet Borgeson, you you win the the prize for a holiday. Oh, oh yeah. I, I have never heard anybody say they like the seeds and watermelons. Thank you very much. You like the space and spitting. I will not go. Okay. Wednesday. This is for you, Eliza Harkins. It's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Yay. There we go. That's it's also, wait a minute. You can wash it down because it's also White Wine Day. 
and it's Single Working Women's Day. Now, I'm still a single working woman, okay, and I like white wine. I like chocolate. This is a Some lady was just fishing around, this you know, drinking day. wine and eating cookies, and she's like, "I need to justify this with a holiday." It's a same you thing. You've come up with all three of them. You know something? There's something called a national holiday calendar, and I use it for every radio show. I have the whole week lined up, and these and the person who writes a newsletter for my community here in North Carolina, she wrote on her newsletter today. Happy uh, National Ice Cream Day. And she wrote that it was a penny in 1900 in the in the Bowery in New York. So people use this. It's a crazy calendar, but apparently they all have a story of where they came from. So there, Eliza Harkins, there, there you are. On you. So who's going to be celebrating, Margaret? You're going to have chocolate chip cookies with white wine tomorrow? No, but I might have chocolate chip cookies with a little vanilla ice cream in the middle. Oh, and by <laughs> the way really good <laughs> eliza carvel had a chocolate flying saucer which was the ice cream sandwich cookie on top with a All little right. little little thing around it it's done with little circles little scallops on the edge and chocolate ice cream inside so you can look in your freezer department carvel c-a-r-v-e-l chocolate flying saucer do you remember those janet and and uh jonathan did you ever have carvel Carvel was a soft ice cream brand on Long Island, and we we grew up going for ice cream sundays, and they had the greatest milkshakes and the greatest ice cream sodas. Oh, oh my goodness! Be still my totally hungry. This is completely unfair. We are trapped yeah. here. I'm sorry. Food. Well, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to even now. Is ice cream. <laughs> I'll try to even it out a little bit. Thursday is August fifth. It's National Oyster Day. Anybody? Oh. Wait a minute. It can't be. It can't be because oysters are only in season in months with R. Maybe how could maybe August? That's why they they did it so people would eat oysters in August? I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna well they, they couldn't be not supposed to. No, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go to these people and tell them they've got it wrong. It's also National Underwear Day. I don't know if you're supposed to wear it or not. And it's Work Like <laughs> a Dog Day. So Thursday we won't celebrate too much. Friday is National cycle to work day they didn't say whether it's a bike bicycle or a motorcycle it's also international beer day and root beer float day come on who loves a root beer float here oh that's one never of my favorites one. never had one all right somebody tell oh. Eliza. margaret tell her your recipe oh. for root beer float how hard is it well, well you te- well she doesn't care for vanilla ice cream which may be a problem but you put a couple of dips of vanilla ice cream and my favorite was is A&W because they used to have little stands and they have mugs that were all icy and they'd put the ice cream in the mug and then pour over the root beer. Oh, it's so good. Hmm. But uh, so if you ever see an A&W root beer stand, which you mm-hmm. may, yep. um, don't pass it by. What does root beer taste like? It's a little bit like Coca-Cola with a root beer flavor. It's a different flavor. And they have another brand, Margaret. We used Mug Root Beer when I lived in Eugene, Oregon. Mug was another favorite brand. I've started doing, not a root beer float, Coca-Cola with a couple scoops of vanilla. One scoop of vanilla ice cream. And by the way, Turkey Hill Ice Cream also makes a vanilla trio palatin. And the one in the middle is a rum flavored vanilla and one is a French vanilla and one is a hope. Janet, is your mouth watering yet? Yes. You're doing it again. I can't can't help it. I can't help it now. So, but you can cycle to work to work off the calories from the beer and the root beer. Now, Saturday is disc golf day. Has anybody heard of disc golf? 
Yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. I haven't uh, well, played it, I but think I've heard it's, of it. I think it's like a Frisbee. They oh. say, mm-hmm. not entirely, disc golf, D-I-S-C golf, uses the same general rules and etiquette as golf, but requires a disc. They say it's popular in India, and it's the fastest growing sport in the world. Huh? I know. I Sorry. have guys that I worked with before I retired all played disc golf. It was a, <laughs> It's really big in Florida. Never. Well. I don't know why. Interesting. We'll have maybe to go down be, and ask them. Maybe it will be in the next Olympics. Maybe it will. It sounds to me like hockey on grass, right? If it's golf, it's, is it in a hockey puck disc? Uh, maybe I'm. No, it, it's like it's like a frisbee. You're right. It's it is like a frisbee. Yeah. So here we go. Sunday, August eighth. You're all going to want to know this. It's National Happiness Happens Day. Isn't that lovely? It's also International Cat Day. I don't have any pets here. It's also, this is interesting, because the growing season for home growing vegetables, fruits and vegetables, is so good by early August. This is sneak some zucchini, sneak some zucchini onto your neighbor's porch day. Who grows zucchini in their garden? Jonathan, you like that one? <laughs> I like that. I have a neighbor that that every day he has huge zucchinis out with a sign that says free, please take them. Yeah. <laughs> we have that here too. Yes, absolutely. Some people do it for tomatoes. They used to do it for basil in my neighborhood. The herb gardens were so plentiful. They'd say bunches of yeah. free basil come and get it and cleaned out. And then next Monday, I have to give this one because I'm on the air late, you know, seven o'clock Eastern. So it's National Book Lovers Day. And it's National uh-huh. Women's Day in South Africa. Janet, there were no food holidays next Monday. <laughs> you got to come back on the show, okay? <laughs> Seriously. Okay, let's go to, we did the holidays. We did the famous birthdays. We did your quotes. Let's pick up some of your statements. I'll just read a statement rather than putting them into, let's see what we've got. Jonathan, I'm going to go to you first. Your statement number one, I asked for four statements on what creativity means to you. I'll pick one from each of you randomly. I'll read it. It's not complicated. You say, I think an important part of creativity is making connections. Jonathan, explain this to me, please. I love it. Yeah, I I teach courses in visual culture and visual communication. And one of the basic things I want my students to be able to do is connect different kinds of art, different kinds of photography, different artists, artists from different periods. And I want them to be able to connect things of, oh, I see this photographer is trying to photograph this. And now we've looked at another photographer and she's doing it in a completely different way, but they have a similar goal. They have a similar aesthetic ideal. And if my students begin to make these connections that they never would have before they took my class, I feel like I've, I've started them on their way. Thank you very much, Janet. While I have you, I'm going to read one of yours and we'll do one from Eliza, one from Margaret. So you say, let me see now here. Um, Number one, you say creativity appears to me as possibility through focus and then picking up the needed materials to manifest some kind of outcome. Janet, what do you think? Well, it's not I think it's not just about possibility that there has to be something that's taking that possibility and and funneling it down to a doable or achievable outcome. And that's that's when I feel like the creativity has happened when. I can show that something has come out of that. Otherwise it's, it's wonderful. It's daydream. It's skipping around, but in terms of like getting something to happen, I love this notion of possibility, but it has to come with um, some kind of limiting factor that allows something to come out of it. 
Thank you very much. Interesting. Margaret, I'm looking at your number three. This is a provocative one. Margaret says, my, this is Margaret speaking. I'm just reading her quote. My prose is usually my way of screaming at the world on something about which I care deeply. Oh, Margaret, tell all, please. Well, you know, things happen in life and we often can't really express how we feel about them. And I've had a few of those. And I tend to sit down and write about them. Because if I went around saying to my friends, oh, I have to talk to you about this, they'd probably all go in the other direction. But I can sit and write about them and get it out and deal with it and see why it is where it is in my mind during that time. So it's really a getting out of me onto something. That's basically how that the first book that I did on PTSD got started. After my friend's funeral, I had to write about it. There you go. Sometimes we just have to. And I think that's why a lot of people use journals, Margaret, because they just mm-hmm. have to write and get. I tried journaling. It really didn't do much for me, but I found some of my so-called journals from years ago and I read them and I really didn't want to go back there. I didn't, I didn't because I was, I was not a terrible, but I just wasn't in a happy place and a lot was expressed and I didn't want to revisit. I think it was okay to get it out, but not to say, oh, look what I did. I didn't, didn't want to. Eliza, I'm looking at your first statement. This is also provocative. You say artistic and creative are not the same thing. Eliza, tell me more, please. Yeah, um, I guess I, you know, I I studied physics and engineering, you know, growing up, I was sort of the the massy one of my, certainly of my family, if not my, you know, school and community. Um, And I think sometimes you're sort of told you're one or the other, you either have a creative brain, or an analytical brain. And if you're a science person, you can't possibly be interested in anything creative. But in fact, I don't think that's true. I think um, in, in, in all the work that I've had, which has been in very technical fields, I've still had to apply a lot of creativity to what I do. Because uh, even if I'm dealing with algorithms or numbers, even if I'm dealing with manufacturers, you know, what have you, Um, I've still had to use quite a lot of creative faculties. So um, I just don't want to gatekeep creativity for just a certain type of person. I think it should be for everyone. Thank you very much. And while we have you, Eliza, I mentioned what you do with Kippet. Can you tell us a bit about what, what are the RFID tags and how do you use them? And what would it do for Margaret's purse, let's say? What would you be doing for her with Kippet? Yeah, so basically um, you sort of Velcro this device into the side of your bag or suitcase um, and it's an RFID reader. And then you have small stickers on everything that you want to keep track of. And then basically as you're taking things in or out, it records it. So if you are sitting around and you say, oh, have I packed, you know, my headphones for my trip? You can go onto your phone, hit scan and it will say, You've got your headphones, you've got your shoes, but you're missing your scarf. Um, And then similarly, if I'm leaving a cafe and I've left my wallet on the table, I'd get a notification on my phone instantly, basically, to say, you don't have your wallet, like alert. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So um, it's kind of a it's a solution that I think kind of integrates well into people's current lives, um, but oh, helps yeah. them out kind of in a in a big way at the moment that they need that help. Facet. I'm thinking of all the times I was accused by my then husband decades ago of you didn't pack my belt. You remember those yeah, days? Yeah. Janet, Margaret, why didn't you pack my belt, honey? Or why didn't you pack that shirt I wanted? Well, the suitcase was there. What were you doing? So now you could simply say, look at your kippet and see what you've got. You didn't pack your damn belt. It's not my fault, right? Very interesting. Margaret, do you think this is something you would use? It sounds fascinating. Well, I spent so much time going, where is such and such? Or digging through my purse for such and such. Oh, yes. Uh, that actually, it sounds very interesting. It does. Jonathan, what about you? How would you apply something like this? I think it sounds great. And I, I spent about three hours today trying to help my 92-year-old mother find one of her hearing aids that she thought she had lost. And she was really upset. It really kind of colored the whole day. My sister-in-law ended up finding it. Yay. But... Um, <laughs> That that kippet would have been great for that that situation if they were leaving. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. I discovered that I can ask Alexa to call my phone if it's on, and I will hear it in the house. I used to have to plug in the landline, which I don't know why I still pay for because I thought, well, if ever anything lost my phone, at least I'd have a land. When I moved to North Carolina, of course, I installed a landline and brought my my New York cell phone number with me. And the only thing that landline was ever good for is people calling with charity requests mm. over and over. This is the policeman. This is the Bevanov. This is this. Yeah. And there's one charity in New York that unfortunately still has my mother's name on file. And she passed away four years ago in New York. And I have to keep saying to remove her name. She's mm -hmm. no longer living. And I used to get those calls several times a year. And now I might get one or two. And I say, take her name off your list. Please be respectful. And it's very, very hard. Speaking respectful, Eliza, we have just a couple of minutes left. I just want to quickly, as we're wrapping up around the table, Eliza, your Mori app, tell us what that is and why did you create that? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the pandemic happened and people weren't uh, leaving their homes, which made Kipit a little bit more difficult to launch, <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but at the beginning, you know, so many doctors were saying, please fill out your living wills mm -hmm. um, in advance. You know, it's, it's also called an advanced care directive. It's basically any type of healthcare that you'd want the hospital to do for you should you become incapacitated for any reason. And for COVID, it was, you know, being intubated and such. Um, and people just weren't filling them out or they just had them in a kitchen drawer and no one could find it. Um, and so I thought to myself that, that, <clears throat> shouldn't be that way um so basically i created a website where you can fill it out it takes 10 minutes um and then you can share it with all of your loved ones so should anything happen to you they can bring it up on their computer or phone uh wherever and just say like this is what they've said they want this this and this thing um and then their doctors know exactly what to do thank you good to know and that's kip it k i no kip it what is the website for maury how do you oh, get yeah. there that's join maury's that's j-o-i-n-m-o-r-i.com thank you very much margaret in the few minutes we have left i want you to take about a minute because we're almost done three minutes left i want you to tell us quickly equine therapy for ptsd is it gaining momentum uh, yes, actually it is. And there have been mm -hmm. a number of research projects, uh, one right outside of New York that Columbia University Med School did um, that are showing what 
actually can be done. And, and the horses are, they are trained, they are given guidance, they know what to do, and it does work. It does, it's not a be all and end all, but it is a valuable part of a therapy. And um, uh, anyone who has taken it seriously uh, has, has found it to be very helpful. Thank you very much. I, I read that in your book and I just want to acknowledge that. And Janet Thank and you. Jonathan, you're welcome. Thank you. Jonathan and Janet, your book, Dancing, Hold It Up. When is it coming out? Next October? Coming this out summer. in October. We have a Spotify playlist called Designed for Dancing. We're going to be adding more to that. And uh, we've got a fun website, designedfordancing.net, with some great, the book will have about 300 dance covers from the 50s to the 70s. Including oh, wow. some Bobby Checker around Twist. Oh, wonderful. I I still have some Dave Brubeck albums. I oh, think yeah. I still have some. Uh, oh, I might yeah. have a Carly Simon. I've got some. I think I Beatles the red cover. The album covers were just fascinating. And I read in your book that th the artist had the chance to have a representation of themselves, a picture of themselves that they approved, or then the record label, whoever could create something from art. That's a whole nother discussion. Thank it you is. all. I have some quick rules. I have to read rules to live by before we leave. And we're almost out of time. So everybody listen up. Life is short. Don't we all know that? Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Trust me, it's the only way to kiss. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably and never let anything you smile fill you with regrets. In other words, never regret anything that made you smile. And here are my final words. Work like you don't need the money. You might, but don't let people see you do it. Dance like nobody's watching. When I was teaching disco and ballroom, everybody was watching. Let me tell you, sing like nobody's listening. I try to only MC my band and not sing. Nobody would come to listen to us. And love like you've never been hurt because, damn, we all have been. Get over it. Let your heart recreate, right, Margaret? And find you new bet. ways of loving because that's, the, that's who we are as humans. Money talks. Chocolate sings. And last but not least, I borrowed this line from a host years ago. Thank you for turning me on. AK Radio Red saying goodbye. Say goodbye, Eliza. Say goodbye, Bye. Margaret. Say goodbye, Jonathan. Bye, -bye. And Bye Facebook. Bye. Bye, gang. Bye, Voice America. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.